I'm Charlotte Farrell. This is Powered by Age, Age Friendly City. We are a podcast broadcasting through Zoom. This program was sponsored by a grant from the City of Vancouver and 411 Senior Center. We got disrupted from our physical meetings because everyone's senior center was closed. But then we are up and live running with a reality style radio <laughs> radio podcast. So I'm going to have each person introduce themselves and you'll see as we flow along. Each week is different, but we have stories, poems, news briefs, and people also volunteer on things uh, that they might want to present in the next week uh, and other things that uh, will emerge as we flow with this podcast. So starting at the top, will you introduce yourself and uh, give a brief, say your first and last name, so our emerging audience will know who you, you are from week to week. So me first? Uh, no, it's uh, power. Top user. left. Uh, are you t you're talking to me, right? Uh, who do you want to go first? I okay. thought you on di on different screens. Hi, I'm Judith Rainey, and I'm interested in learning about podcasting and all the technology. And every time I come up with an idea, uh, all of it tends to evaporate before I get to a presentation point where I can do um, a podcast about it on. Um, one of the meetings. So I'm kind of uh, just imposing myself on you. I hope that's okay. You're not imposing yourself. You're welcome. And you were a part of sharing ideas. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been so patient. I just really admire you. Thank you. Okay, Pat. Hi, I'm Pat, and I'm with Quirky with the Queer Imaging and Writing Collective for Elders. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I had signed up originally when we met in person way back when for um, doing interviews and with something else I was going to do too. So I'm hoping that somehow that can even take place even for doing it virtually. Yes, it can. Yeah. We'll be sharing how. Okay, uh, Leslie. Okay, uh, I'm Leslie Hebert. I am a longtime resident of New Westminster. Uh, I go to, I used to go to Poetic Justice at the Heritage Grill before everything closed down. I'm also a member of the New Westminster Literary Arts Society. Uh, English is a second language teacher and part-time writer. So there you go. Wonderful. Uh, Neil just slipped away for a moment. Chris? Oh, you your audio isn't on. Oh, I'm Chris see. Morrissey, and like Pat, I'm also a member of Quirky, the Queer Imaging and Writing Collective for Elders. And um, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat of a writer, though continuing to learn. I've never considered myself one, but I am learning. So uh, I have some things that I have written over the, over the years to share. And one of my big passions is working with LGBTQ uh, refugees. Wonderful. And, and Chris is one of the people that's going to be sharing a story with us today. Uh, Neil? Yes, good afternoon. My name is Neil Ryan. I am a writer. I have a, a couple of published books, but this is the only one that is on Amazon right now, and it's called from the other side. And it, that's where my most of my poetry comes from. 
Um, it's a book with two short, three short stories, uh, and uh, about 40 poems and about 40 haikus as well. So it's a really great book. It's full of love and full of energy. So, and uh, I'm an old guy and uh, healthy, happy, and uh, isolated. Uh, I share my space with somebody. So, um we get to we get to keep each other company so oh leslie something going on at your end yeah i'm just turning my phone off okay gail there sorry about that folks hi folks anyway that's me i'm I, i'm a happy uh healthy uh, and mostly sane uh, writer oh one last thing I got an email from my grandson who's nine years old. Uh, I wrote a story um, called uh, uh, Bluebells, uh, uh, Blue Bonnets uh, Grow Wild in Texas. And I sent it to him to read. And he sent me an email last night, said it was a great story. So, hey, listen, everything else is, <laughs> is a little bit less than that. So, thank right. you. Neil is one of the people, every week people volunteer for things they're going to do the next week. And so I think we're going to be hearing that story today. Okay, go ahead with uh, Gail, introduce yourself. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Gail Harwood, and I am a happy resident of the People's Republic of East Van. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've, been a, I've been a writer all my life, but uh, um, teaching uh, overseas, uh, in Nigeria and Zimbabwe and traveling throughout Asia and teaching in the downtown east side uh, for 23 years has kind of gotten in the way of me uh, publishing anything except recently. This is my book, uh, Matty's Dread, and it is about, it's basically a historical fiction about one season, one agricultural year in the bush in Zimbabwe uh, after uh, the Civil War. Uh, and I just started writing poetry lately, which is really nice because that's what I started with. Um, so I'll be presenting um, maybe a couple of my chapters of the book uh, or some poems that I've written. Um, I'm also uh, in my pre-teaching life, uh, did practice as a journalist in Barrie, Ontario. And I have a couple of um, uh, engineer, spiritually minded engineers in my back pocket, all ready for an interview. Uh, oh. So it's the uh, merging of spirituality and science, and uh, they're awfully interesting guys. So uh, if I get the technology right with help from our uh, te te technology people, uh, I'll be presenting that to in the future. Right. Okay. Thank you. As we come, uh, we're going to introduce Emily, and then uh, oh, there are I'm a couple sorry. of questions. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Pardon me. I'm a member of 411 Seniors. Have to plug my my good uh, pals in uh, 411 Seniors. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, oh, uh, I was going to say Luke is on the line, and there's some questions people have brought up that he can address when he introduces himself. But I'm going to take a moment and go to Emily. You have to unmute yourself. Hi, this is Emily. 
I joined 411 because of Charlotte. She's my mentor and she's my angel. And I'm so happy to learn this podcast and they're well organized. And now we have this is a Zoom. So I really enjoy it. And Luke, come to help us. It's super. <laughs> Thank you. And I just published a book. Uh, Michael Eating for Vibrant Living uh, in February. So um, I started my print book in March. So first I published an e-book and then marketed itself and got the number five, well, number one in five categories. So in three in I'm US, two in Canada. Check my, uh, so, right? I'll check my video yeah. so you can, uh, you can know where Okay, uh, great. And Emily, uh, say your last name. Last name H S U. Miss She is a girl. She. Okay. Chinese tongue will be she 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 she. So one tongue, like a she, like a whore, like a one a character have four tones. So she 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 she. So mine is number two. She. <laughs> so you say she's a girl. Like okay. So Pat, she is a girl. So you say she. She. Wow. She. <laughs> well, help us to remember your name. <laughs> oh, for those of us that don't do tones, I mean, I did go to China last year for oh. a trip, and I struggled with basic Mandarin. Right. I didn't get the tones. So for those of us that don't do tones, how can we say your name in English? Oh, no. Emily, she, just say she, she. she? Yeah, she? you spelt it with a U, right? So yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. but usually people would say Su, right? But, mm. but Mandarin is a full tone, but Cantonese more is more complicated, eight tone, eight. Wow. I don't Four is too much so for me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So, yeah. So, Kenelis, no, I don't. I can't. So, and then I, yeah. I thought, so, I thought I'd uh, let you okay. know that um, uh, the oh, languages that I learned, uh, Emily, um, um, you know, market languages, uh, Nupe uh, in, the, in Middle Belt, Nigeria, has three tones. Chishona, the lang uh, majority language in Zimbabwe, also has three tones. So it's uh, right. Yeah, and so I, I knew enough Shona to get around um, to keep myself out of trouble, and so I I would get the tones mixed up too. But I can hear it. I can hear them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that brings us to Neil. <laughs> yeah, I just oh. wanted to add oh, yeah. that. Uh, I'm sorry. Mandarin is an impossible language. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, no 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 not Mandarin Cantonese is impossible. Cantonese is impossible. I can speak Mandarin, but I cannot. I don't even try. Other than so I speak pretty good Mandarin, but having had a business in China for a while when I used to pretend I was a businessman. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I have a very strong uh, affinity for the Chinese and the Chinese language and the Chinese people. Well, I chung ren. Ming Bai, you understand me? <laughs> I, that means that I, I like China and I like, like the people uh. from there. 
So I'm how... not from China. I'm from Taiwan. So a Chinese <laughs> from Taiwan. So it's different. Chinese from China. Chinese from Taiwan. Chinese from Hong Kong. Very different. There's you know but there's Beijinghua, Shanghaihua. There's uh, several uh, dialects of of Chinese. So. Uh, Hey, we're going to introduce, uh, let Luke introduce himself. Hey, Luke. Hey, how's it going? Always good. Uh, yeah, I'm Luke. I'm uh, the tech support. Um, I'm the only millennial here, I guess. So <laughs> different voice on this Powered by Age podcast. Um, yeah, I'm just here for technical support and also to listen to what you guys have to say and go from there. Not a writer per se, but uh, I have some ideas. Well, we know some people are interested in doing interviews. When we were first recruiting, we had a, uh, one of the roles of the ambassadors was a roving reporter. And we had two recording mics that we bought that people could you know, borrow to record. However, one member uh, did a one-on-one -on -one interview with someone and it worked wonderfully. So each of you probably you know, some might be new to Zoom, but each of you, when you download the app, you can also open your own free Zoom account. And so then you can establish a meeting with one person. You could come, oh, really? you know, email someone, you could record an interview with them, and then we can import it. Oh, cool. Is that the gist of it, Luke? Mm -hmm. I have a question about that. If you have a Zoom account, which I have, and I want to contact someone else, do they have to have a Zoom account? Um, yes. Charlotte, do you know that? No, they don't have to have an account. No, they, they just would join. When you they invite them. They would just join that conversation. Yeah. But you what I've been advising said. everybody to do is download the app. Some people yeah. that have, you know, emailed or uh, asked me to help other people get on. If people download the app on their phone, your notebook, or yeah. whatever, then when you get an invitation, all you have to do is click join and put in uh, the, the meeting ID and the password that you would yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah, it's really straightforward. But if, uh, if I send you to through the email, so they have your email, right? So actually you just click, click the link to so go through. Like now I just uh, click the link, I just go through. but. If don't, you post it like Facebook, you don't have that email address, you know, not sent by email to you. So you had to uh, input the password to, to, to different issue. But uh, I think, okay, that's it. Yeah, it's pretty. So, uh, so I want to say the most important thing is that the person that you want to contact has downloaded Zoom onto yes. their device, whatever yeah. their device is. Zoom has to be downloaded. And once they've downloaded it, they don't have to have an account. Right. But you, so the important thing is to first, before you want to contact them, send them an email and give them information about how to download Zoom. And then from there, you can take it away. That solves a, a multitude of problems because if each time people are trying to put it in and then they can't get it in or, you know, it's hard. So yes, advice, you know, cringe. It's one good thing to share with other people um, how to download the app and just have it there on their phone. Let them know it's not, it doesn't cost them anything. No one can invade their space. But then because you have a, pass, have a meeting ID and a password, uh, the conversation is protected. 
it worked perfectly with Herb yesterday is, is that I sent him an invitation for a two o'clock meeting. Uh, I had uh, I had opened it up at uh, five to two and Herb came on and we had a half hour conversation and he, all he did was download Zoom to his laptop. And then we had a perfect conversation for half an hour, reading poetry to each other. So that was good. Yeah, that, some of you, because people are from different organizations, if you know that at the time we did the recruiting meeting at places, that there were people who were interested, but you haven't seen them on, maybe just giving them a call and telling them, you know, to download the app and that you know, maybe they'll understand when they get the uh, invitations by calendar. But I asked Neil to do that, and he did call someone, helped him through, and now that's another person that will be able to connect with us. Yeah. Uh, Robin has joined us. We're just at the point of uh, introducing ourselves, and so um, you're then, you're it. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Uh, my name is Robin. I am a radio maker at CJSF. Um, I help people to make community radio, so um, that's part of the reason why I'm here and uh, can hopefully be a, a resource for you as we work on, on making some audio for this podcast together. Okay. So as we said, at the end of uh, each week, the way that we've been going with our reality Zoomcast, people volunteer uh, to read a story, do a poem, or um, if they've uh, done an interview, we get that scheduled in. So um, Chris, would you like to share your story? Sure, before I start my story, I want to uh, give a plug for the latest anthology that Quirky has done, which is named Together We Stand, Queer Elders Speak Out. I know that it's available online. Maybe Pat can give you more information about that later. So I have several pieces in that book, but not the one I'm going to read. Okay. <laughs> it's called Widowhood. I don't know whether to scream or burst into tears. My name is Chris and I'm a widow. Not that I think of myself in those terms. Single is the word that comes to mind. Anyway, according to some, even to myself, how can I be a widow? After all, I was in a common law relationship and a same sex one at that. So does that experience, explain the experiences that are giving rise to my extreme feelings? It all began, well, who knows when it really began, with my partner Bridget's dementia diagnosis, with her death. I suppose her death is what gave the most immediate rise to the events that followed. There's so much paperwork that has to be done when someone dies and paperwork is the last thing on the survivor's mind. In fact, there is very little on my mind. Mostly, it's in my heart. I guess the expert would say that it's all in the mind. The heart has little to do with it all, except keep blood pumping and oxygen moving. But I digress. Back to the paperwork. Many years before Bridget died, 
We had agreed that cremation would be the way our bodies would return to the earth. The company that I engaged to carry out that final task made an appointment to come and do the necessary paperwork. See, I am getting to the point. So there I was sitting at the dining room table with the employee tasked with doing the paperwork and getting my signature, giving the company permission to cremate Bridget's body. The employee had arrived at the front door, kicked off her high heels, and had come through to the dining room. I think she must have introduced himself, herself, but if she did, I can't remember. She pulled a folder and envelope out of her bag and spread out in front of her a couple of forms that clearly were for me to provide information and signatures. With the mechanics done, they only took a few seconds, she raised her eyes from the table and said, so what did your husband die of? My eyes focused on her fingernails. Must be a new style, I thought. Stones encrusted, artificial diamonds. She was my common law partner, I said. I decided to let a couple of days pass. Well, decided isn't exactly the right word. Sadness left me paralyzed. It would take a few days for the anger to kick in. Anyway, a couple of days later, I made the call. Hello, this is Chris Morrissey. I'm calling about the person who came to my house for me to sign papers for Bridget Call's cremation. I'm calling because your employee arrived. She asked me if the person who had died was my husband. Just a minute, I will get the file. She must have been sitting next to the filing cabinet because she quickly said, well, on my file, it says that you are her partner. I don't care what it says on my file. I'm telling you what happened. What happened next was unbelievable. Well, it was to me. One more time I heard, well, it's in the file. That's when I lost it. Listen. I'm calling to complain. I don't care what the fuck it says on the file. My partner just died and it shouldn't be my job to edu educate your employees. I don't want her coming back. Don't want to see her ever again. Click, I hung up. Oh yes, I did eventually get an apology from the owner when he brought Bridget's ashes. Even then I was the one to bring up the incident. It took him a while to come up with the words sensitivity training. I was tempted to tell him I'd do it myself. It just stopped myself. You'd think that things would go smoothly after that. Forget it. I'll spare you all the gory details of the next painful, insulting interaction. Access to money is critical when someone dies. Imagine my surprise when I used our credit card and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the machine. So I went to a second machine. What the heck? Didn't process my card either. Next to the cashier. This was the pits. Your card has been declined, she said. Many phone calls later, and I'm standing in the credit union branch, signing an application for a new card. The teller knows the background story. 
Well, I thought she knew the background story. I'll just give you a synopsis. Bridget was the primary cord holder and me the secondary. Didn't they tell you that when your husband died, the card was canceled? It seemed pretty clear to me that we were both women with names like Bridget and Christine. Sound like my husband? She was my common law partner. They say bad things come in threes, so I shouldn't have been surprised. Yep, you guessed it. Next, I had to advise the investment group that managed our retirement fund. Don't get excited, I didn't. We don't have that much money in our fund, but since Bridget's beneficiary, I had to tell them that she had died. Naturally, that meant more paperwork and another person to tell the story to. The company wants to know what relationship you had with the deceased for the forms. Shall I put down friend? We had been clients of this company for around 20 years and there was a file. She was my common law partner. Put that, I said. What's the mystery? I just don't get it. We live in a very enlightened part of the world and one of the best cities for this kind of thing, or so I thought. So what is it? People can't or don't read these days? Are they incompetent or very slopper workers? Perhaps. I don't, I can't believe that all these people are homophobic. I don't want to believe it. Heteronormative? What? My spell check doesn't even recognize the word. No spelling suggestions appear. One click. Learn. I wish I could hit a button and change the world. And if you don't know what the word means, you are probably one. The end. That was wonderful. Well, what we, we do now with stories is a thing that's a part of digital storytelling called Riff, and that is respectful, informative, inspirational, friendly feedback. And because we have a couple of other people who are going to do stories, we're going to have uh, maybe three people who'd like to give uh, some feedback to Chris. You could raise your hand or signify. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Do you bite? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, as part of Quirky, um, and I've been in Quirky for 13 years since it began, um, I certainly have written a number of things. And they're all published in one of our anthologies. Okay, Gail had her hand up. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, Chris. I can see that in the Taiyi or uh, any other well-reputed um, uh, paper. That's that's very good. Thank you. Yeah, the writing is crisp. It's nice. No messing around. Clear. I like it very much. It's good journalistic style. Thank you very much. Is there another? Yeah. Uh, can I jump in here? Leslie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, as I was listening to this story, I sort of, I felt two aspects to this. One was, you know, as, you know, as a queer woman, you have this, you know, you have to educate people all the time. Um, and I'm just wondering if, 
it's getting any easier recently? You said we're supposed to be more enlightened and more understanding. Do you find it's getting easier or not? Well, I think there's two things. I think that as, a, as an older adult now, one of the things that I notice is that the older adult sector and older adults have not really received much instruction and information. Uh, my partner was in a residential care facility for a while and we had to go through the whole thing of making sure that they understood that she was a lesbian, that I was her partner. They were all very accepting, but I always had to initiate it. And that's what becomes so tiresome. Yeah, I think, you know, as, uh, you know, cisgender, I just sort of assume that everyone's normal. You know, it seems to me that queer people are the exception and I have to train myself to this, right? I, I, just, I just want to say I'm normal. I <laughs> know, <laughs> so, we all have our own perception of normal, right? <laughs> uh, yes, we do, but this is also a teaching moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Chris, I, I have one comment, and that is that uh, uh, don't expect uh, dominant society to be open-minded and aware. Dominant society, in fact, is closed-minded and, uh, and not aware, and, and very likely don't choose to be aware because uh, the, anything that's outside of dominant society um, is uh, is frightening for them, and so they they really um, they r really don't understand that we live in a multi multicultural multi uh, linguistic uh, multi sexual uh, society, and it's unfortunate, but. Uh, I, I can imagine for, uh, uh, let's take, for example, uh, a gay Native American, uh, American Indians, uh, whether they're Canadian or not, uh, they have to deal with this shit all the time about being outside. Like, remember the, the couple that got arrested in, in downtown Vancouver for trying to open a bank account? Because oh, yeah. they because they were na native, uh, excuse me, how stupid can you get? Yeah. And then, but, and, and then the, the teller didn't understand that a status card is a federal government card and, 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 and uh, proper identification. Like, excuse me, staff training, hello? You only have, you have no First Nations uh, customers? Give me a break. That's the ignorance uh, of uh, the dominant society. It's ridiculous. So I empathize with your experience, Chris, but I'm sure it happens all the time in yeah. many ways. The and second part, as I was listening to Chris, was thing that I also identify with is that um, people in offices these days, we have more and more technology, but you know, less, they seem to have less and less capability of actual communication. That's it. And the, the sort of reactions that you got, well, it's in the file. It just seems to be so typical of what goes on. Mm -hmm. Very frustrating. I, I think that, um, you know, within the dominant society, there are a lot of people who have been trained because of their jobs or because they wanted to, or they have someone in their family who's LGBTQ. Or, and so 
there are there are a lot of people who do who would question you know or ask is that your partner or you know would 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 understand mm -hmm. um so i i wouldn't generalize the whole dominant culture that way i think there are many people uh, at least in my life but i know it's out there and that's because of social media and and all the information the easy access we have to information and what's going on um but it's mainly people who would be more would be at their fingertips and they would think of asking questions if they were in education or or in any any jobs where you have those are things you think about because of the people you're dealing with so yeah it's a Robin had a comment I just wanted to say, Leslie, um, thanks for your feedback, and I, you know I trust it all, and that I I didn't intend to put your down put you down when you said you think of yourself as normal. However, I know that that's an attitude that mm -hmm. heterosexual people have that we're not normal. Yeah, and I understand that after listening to your story that this is what you're dealing with that it comes across as difficult for you which has brought new understanding to me actually yeah thank you anyway chris i enjoyed your story thank you for sharing you're welcome it's a very valuable story robin were you going to make a comment uh i i certainly can um I, I'm not going to comment on the, the content so much as um, the, the pacing and, and that, kind of, that kind of thing as a, as a listener. Mm. And uh, I really enjoyed the pace that you were, you were reading at. I, I felt like it was very easy for me as the listener to be able to take in all of the, the words. Um, and so, uh, I could, I could appreciate and, and just sort of chew on everything that you were saying. Um, and it was very linear and logical and it followed a, a, a nice trajectory. So yeah, as a listener, I appreciated, um, just, I guess the, the format of it and the pacing of it and the, the teaching of it in, in a way that wasn't, What's the word I'm looking for? Preachy. Um, well, it, it wasn't preachy, no. Um, but where, but where there was this sort of, yeah, words always escape me. That's uh, something I struggle with. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I appreciated that it was, uh, you know. With lots of passion from your heart, uh, that that definitely didn't come across in a way that, um, yeah, might make other people who feel and think differently uh, badly about the way that they think and feel differently. You know that it was a, a piece that they could they could take on and and mull over and chew on. Thank you. One of the things that, uh, especially since all this, uh, this uh, self-isolation, and many of us as older adults have had to do this, one of the things that I came in contact with was the audiobooks from Vancouver Public Library. 
And so I have spent many hours listening to the audiobooks on Vancouver Public Library. And by listening, I have heard some, some interesting things about how the readers read, read the work. And, and so I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity. Uh, I, ha I have done a lot of speaking, private, public speaking in my life for one reason or another. Uh, but this idea of the, flex, the intonation and, and the flex and all that kind of stuff is something that I hadn't really considered or thought about until I listened to, I've listened to about 31 books uh, since since we were quarantined, so that has wow. really made a difference to me. Yeah, yeah I found using listening to uh, Audible uh, that I, I had five books at the same time, and I never would have time to read that many books. But listening is really good. And what I liked about uh, your story, the feeling tone, I could really word pictures i could picture the encounter with each place that i went and uh i think it's a kind of story that can help with with sensitivity training because some people just listening to the story could help them to think differently how you know they might deal with a person in a similar situation thank you okay. now neil has a story that he won uh, an award, a short story award for? I haven't won the short story yet, but it's in. It's it's been submitted, so I'm uh, I'm hoping that uh, it will. In fact, uh, Chris, I just want to add one one last thought. I have a brother who's recently a year ago passed away, and uh, my partner is Chinese and my brother wouldn't allow us to come have dinner at his house uh, because uh, insanity is everywhere. So I, I, I fully understand your story. I, I would prefer to, I, I could, uh, I, my book has three stories, but I think they're a little too long, but I'd be, I'd really like to share a poem with you, if that's okay. Certainly. Um, one of the books in, that has followed me for many, 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 many years is uh, the book Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. And um, I did a presentation several months ago uh, of, of, of the, the, the story and the the conditions around uh, India and the British being in, in charge and so forth. But uh, out of it came a poem for me, and it's called Siddhartha by the River. So this is really uh, my interpretation of the book. I am Siddhartha by the River, surrounded by beauty, living quiet in peace, contemplating the many gifts of the universe. I am Siddhartha by the river, meditating on the delicate essence of internal peace that on arrive only in small moments amid the fury and the frenzy of the day. I am Siddhartha by the river, curious about which thought is a teaching and even more cautious about which thought is a seduction. 
I am Siddhartha by the river, noting that all dogma with their myths and vested interests have inaccurately guessed at the truth. So there is no true teacher who can show me the way. I am Siddhartha by the river, seeking to follow the path where there is no path, concluding that there is no route to enlightenment save my own. I am Siddhartha by the river, amazed at the life story people create out of their myths, beliefs, and experiences, and then blame the other, unable to see themselves as both cause and effect. I am Siddhartha by the river, wanting to be humble and knowing that wanting is always a distraction from the now wanting to be wise and knowing that too is a deviation from now. I am Siddhartha by the river, believing life is a river, ever emerging, ever changing, ever becoming new, flowing from experience to experience to experience. I am Siddhartha by the river, watching all things attempt to seduce my ego by telling me I am apart and separate from the other. Wanting the, watching the connectedness of all things and observing that the river and the forest come together through me. I am Siddhartha by the river watching the creation and then the passing of all things, seeing that without the light and the dark, life is without purpose. I am Siddhartha by the river, grateful that within this universe, there is the presence of love while waiting to die and do it all over again. I thought you was gonna say something. Does anyone have a, a, a riff to sh Oh. Oh, money, pardon me, home. Yes, 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 Om. yes. Namaskar, namaste. Yeah, I'm, so. I, I, I'm not a Hindu, but, but I, I love some of the teachings in the, in the, in the Jewish tradition, in the Hindu tradition. Uh, one of the most beautiful poems I have ever read is in the, the Hindu's Bhagavad Gita, and it describes the God is everything, and it, it's beautiful. And I got a, a thumbs up from Chris. Thank you, Chris. And Leslie, yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, poetry and especially from a lot of different spiritual backgrounds. I mean, it's always been there, but we're seeing a lot of it now uh, with, with COVID-19 online. And it's quite beautiful because it doesn't matter what or if you, you follow any, any spiritual tradition. I mean, it's, it's, it's there to take what you, what you want out of it. Yeah. I find it very calming. I wanted to say that um, that that just from the written point of view, one of the things that the imagery was fabulous, and I really liked the repetition that kept bringing us back to um, "I am Siddhartha by the river," mm. um, that brought us back, always brought us back to that point. So. Um, as a as a the, the content was fabulous amazing it made me certainly 
uh, it certainly grabbed me. Um, but I also, I also know that the style was, was, was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Judith, were you going to make a comment? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just um, enjoying uh, everybody's wonderful and great, um, amazing uh, lives and their sharing. Yeah, I would like to support everything that Chris said about the poem. Um, I love the rhythm of it. You know, this, you know, the, it's almost like a mantra. I am Siddhartha yeah. by the river. And also the metaphor of the river itself and the fact that the poem talked about flow. It just seemed to be so integrated together. Everything was just so wonderfully constructed. Yeah. Uh, one I was picturing my, the river. <laughs> one of my favorite realizations is that the river and the forest come together through me. I I I, I, I see that as as a as a real gift to understand. Ah. Okay, uh, Gail, were you going to share a poem today? I know you volunteered to do something. Hmm? Yes, I am. Okay. I have it. Let's see here. It's, uh, Anishinaabe and, and the uh, Cree people. OG, uh, short for Ojibwe. Move uh, back a little bit from your screen. It's. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, okay, and um, Kalahaj. It's actually the real word for Kalahari. That's what the people in Boston what? Um, Kalahaj Desert. Okay. Then and now roads. The highway, Big Shots Call 11, is an OG Cree French road. Métis songs and foot stomp and fiddlers fills me off ramps to unlived adventures in places I've never been. But ah, North Bay has a huge Walmart mall and the bars rock out on Saturday nights and the repentance howl and blubber in the name of the Lord on hungover mornings. Said AM fog blots out the track and films over lead lights in Sudbury's train station where automated master bites my ticket in its metal maw. I hit the rolls to Winnipeg, up through Hornpane, where Grandpa blasted rock, dirt, dusting the pines in a gray filming. I'm sorry, in a gray film, hiding race, religion, and creed from each other. Navi's their guts numbed by Saturday night whiskey, so Bubba's granddaughter can ride the same rails in silver class comfort, raising a glass of Kentucky sip to the ancestors haunting the rails, watching diesel demons eating up the forest. Highway 15, Cree Ukrainian road from Hinton to Mandare, with the world's biggest kubasa gracing City Hall lawn across from the Petrican. At the village old-timey one-room school, a jar of wheat kernels reached 30 morning faces, 
snailing through the door. Slightly more intense than my 12-year-old, I'm sorry I'm late, sir, as I oozed through the door, leaving behind my daydreaming of distant Amazon and Kalahaj roads, now traveled and remembered. Painting word pictures. Yes. Oh, I, I, and that seems to be my, oh, dear. Ah, Gail, thank you for that. You cannot understand how many memories I have because all those places are where I was born in Northern Ontario and, and, and traveled. The, I lived on the shore of Lake Nipigon and, and yeah, so thank you for that. Um, the one image that really um, really spoke to me was about I, I can't remember the exact words but it was about the silver rails eating into the forest yeah. um, it just it, the picture that it painted really uh, really focuses on what some of today's challenges are in terms of the, the environment and the First Nations people so uh, I, that 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 just those few words was so important were so important i think for me anyway in 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 the poem yeah the silver rails that was very I, I pictured a train without saying it was a train i pictured this big thing barreling down and people hewing out the the you know the the land so that the trains could go through and it does help you could see how sometimes people say within a poem they could say what three pages of paper talking right. about <laughs> how <laughs> nature and how indigenous rights have been violated. You just have that picture. So uh, thank you for those uh, locations and uh, the, the imagery and concepts that you brought forward. Okay. Really energetic, mm -hmm. colorful, really drew me in the whole way. Pat, were you sharing a story today or a poem? No, no, no. Okay. No, I only said that. No, I, I'm well. I'm not prepared. I just said if there was time, but I thought there was other people that I could read from our somebody else's from our book, our new book that Chris has mentioned. But um, I. But then it, it, when we talked about it last week, you said, "Well, it seemed like it was a pretty full week," so I, I didn't get. I'm not prepared. Is what I'm saying. Okay, that's fine. So let's talk a bit about next week. Uh, some of the things that people had wanted to do, we talked about roving reporters, might be possible to do with Zoom. Uh, there were people that were interested in uh, what is happening with the farmers markets and what's happening with uh, other places, community gardens, are they still going? Uh, so if that was something of interest to someone, we had, um, three people that were interested in doing stories about uh, health and roles at uh, 411, only about 20% read their email. And so we're working toward calling people who did, when they filled out the form that they wanted to be involved, they said they were giving their phone number with the okay for people to call them. So we're working toward uh, calling people to invite them, remind them that 
the stories they wanted to tell, we could help them to tell it through Zoom or, you know, as you have been doing, reading from your books or reading from uh, sheets of paper. And, uh, but uh, one area is also the, uh, we're working on seeing if we can get any of our uh, political representatives, either to do a recording ahead of time on Tuesday with us what we will share or to come into our meeting space where everyone could ask questions that they might have about uh, issues. So are there any particular issues or questions that you would want to uh, either interview somebody about or as attempt to have someone join our uh, call to ask questions of? I, I would like to uh, contact Goodren of Costco um, and and see what Costco's um, response to the whole nursing home, the the, the COVID nineteen in <laughs> homes. Um, it's 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 an area that I'm interested in, particularly since Bridget spent the last years of the last year and a half of her life there, um, and and we've heard so much over the last few weeks about the impact of, of COVID-19. And we know, I know personally, that this, and many people have said that this situation certainly predates COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to interview her to see if Costco has anything uh, on their minds in terms of a response. And so Costco owns Nursing homes? No, Costco is an umbrella organization of seniors. It's at Costco BC. It's an it's an umbrella organization of seniors organizations. Okay. And uh, they do workshops and they have a, an annual conference and deal with different topics. So it's it's an information, but also a more an advocacy yeah. opportunity, right? Because it brings together a whole lot of seniors. Um, of, of seniors' issues from different points in the province. Yes, someone from that organization attended a town hall meeting at the 411 Center, and uh, I know they were very receptive to questions, so we can reach out to see if we could have mm -hmm. uh, Chris Goodwin you know, join, attend our, our meeting, mm -hmm. or do a separate interview that we could play into the meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Goodwin, uh, Goodwin was on the Seniors Advisory Committee at the same time that I was, so uh, it should be easy, fairly easy for me to contact her. Okay, that would be great. Another person who's very cool, um, and, and I, I bumped into uh, Costco uh, years ago when I was at a retired teacher's conference, um, uh, but I thought immediately of... Uh, Isabel McKenzie, who's the seniors advocate for the province. She mm -hmm. would be awesome to talk to. Yeah, she would be awesome. Yeah. One thing that, um, um, Charlotte, you asked me last, last week, I read about, you know, the Grandpa John story and that we were the first, um, me and my kids were the first couple, first family uh, uh, hooked up with in the, the volunteer grandparents, which had just started. And so um, you asked about, whether I could find out if they were still existed. And I went online and I not only found them, but uh, in fact, I sent you an email because this woman was willing to come on today. 
but I guess you didn't see that, and it's okay. But um, but she but she uh, she rem she she knew who, what I was talking about, uh, and the the person who had started it and all. And I, if you want, I could ask her to come back next week or or whatever. It wouldn't be. Well, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, best that you see her. I mean, I'll send you the email again because maybe you should contact her and you know tell her time and stuff like that. Okay. Okay, and then as some of you may be aware that uh, four senior centers sent a letter to provincial officers about the questions hanging up around the pension, the supplements and other issues. And so um, we are endeavoring to have a conversation with members of those, um, well, particularly Jenny, is Jenny Kwan? Jenny Kwan, the Federal Minister for Vancouver East. Yes, um, Marion, uh, <laughs> yeah. we are attempting to have an interview with her either on Tuesday or, or it's kind of hard sometimes to say we, if we could get the person on during our one o'clock time. So I have a corridor of time on Tuesday available where if there is a public official or someone that could get on and we could do an interview with them, then we could play the interview into our, our podcast time. But um, so, so in terms of technological information, <coughs> well, I have no idea. I, I can kind of see how to interview and record the interview, but I don't know what happens next. I don't know what to do with it. If if I do it, for example, on a on on a Friday morning, what do I do with that then? Okay, Luke, can you speak to what happens with recordings? So what, what's the scenario you're describing? You're interviewing someone if, over Zoom? If I were to interview someone about a specific issue or topic, uh, and I were to do it at a different time, like, you know, on a Friday afternoon, uh, so I record it via Zoom, and then what do I do? Um, then you would have to get the file to uh, Charlotte or myself somehow. Oh, uh, probably with somehow. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. What happens right after? Because if you, when you have a Zoom account, it's your personal account. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't. Even if you click out of it, I thought if I cut out, if I in the meeting and you know didn't stay there, uh, that I wouldn't get the recording. But it records and it goes into your computer. And so then it makes a file that you just click on, just like you were sending a document. You could send the document to me or, and then I could get it to, to Luke, but you would just uh, click on the recording. Question: okay. Where do you find that recording though, the finalized recording, where is it on your Zoom account? It gives you a choice. <laughs> what I found, it made a file in my computer called uh, Zoom. And so each recording has gone into that Zoom recording. So just like on your, uh, in a Word document, you have something that might be called My Pictures. Yeah. Well, Zoom creates a file in your uh, computer, in your documents called Zoom. So you just go to your Zoom account. Just go to it, right, and then you'll see it. Sorry, I have a question, Charlotte, for possibly Luke. Can I do that with just a phone without a computer or a laptop? Uh, like record an interview just with your phone? I think I can record it, but you say it has to go to your computer. If she was Charlotte? using Zoom on her phone, yeah. where would the recording go? Is that possible? 
I haven't tried that yet, actually. That I, I think um, I'll have to look and see what the free version of Zoom does because I'm not sure if uh, a free version of Zoom will let you save right to the cloud or if it's only the paid version. All right. Okay. Thank you, Luke. Um, Luke, it's interesting. Even so, I, I, I'm just looking at my toolbar on the bottom of my screen. Yeah. And um, there is a record function on um, the version of Zoom that I have. What is it? It says record? Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. I don't yeah, know. the free version records. She's just wondering if she's using her phone and it records. Zoom Where does that the file recording. go? Where does it go? Yes. And, yes. and in your phone, there is a download folder. Mm -hmm. And all yeah. of the things that you view on your on your phone, whether that's a PDF or whether that is uh, a file that you are downloading from a program like Zoom, it'll end up in that download folder. So that's where I would check. And, and you should be able to search that through your settings uh, function on your uh, on Bless your. Bless you. Your, Thank you. Or not your settings folder, but you know where you see all your your different apps and things. There'll be a a, a download oh, icon, and peek in there and see. Right. The other thing that I would um, that I would be watchful about is that depending on how much email space and what your email provider is and how long your interview is, you may not be able to just email that file um, like you would a document. You might have to upload that to some kind of a cloud base, whether that's a Google Drive or a WeTransfer or a Dropbox or something like that, where you can also have a free account um, if you don't have Gmail, but that that will allow you to send bigger files through a link system um, in case your interview is um, longer or, or bigger than what your email would allow. Great. Well, thank you. It's a learning experience. So, yeah, yeah that's all. Thank you. One of the great things that's happening, you know, with this uh, podcast, as it is a reality show, we're also creating our own story of how we are learning these new yeah. technologies and new platforms. Uh, we might be experimenting with other things, but uh, people who are listening, there is a, a couple of senior centers who want to do something similar. And so they're listening at just our emerging story. If we had everything polished and they just saw the edited stories, they wouldn't know, you know, uh, some people would say, oh, that never happened to them. They just had those <laughs> programs. So this is a sharing teaching moment. Uh, and as you know, if people are following us along from the beginning to when we're at uh, you know week twenty, they'll say, "Wow, look at all the things they accomplished. Look at how more polished they got, or how many other people they taught to use this." Uh, because America was on uh, Mariko was on last week from four one one center and. What we know is uh, senior agencies, some of them are losing their facilities, just like their small businesses who can't pay their space. There are also places using their facilities and they're looking at and pressing at the higher level, you know, for provincial government or federal government, just like they are giving children in BC laptops. Uh, 
finding a way that seniors could have a laptop or they could have mm -hmm. devices. We're going to uh, look at having asking the Minister of Health if they'll do something similar to what the Minister of Education has done in that they have contracted technical people to go to school children's homes and get the computer set up or get their phone set up. Uh, mm -hmm. There were uh, means and people who were involved with talking with TELUS today. I thought I might not be on my internet provider was out there increasing the, the something. He was upgrading something. And I, I went out to the alley in my house shoes and I had on pants. And I said, <laughs> um, how long is it going to take? Because I have to do a podcast. But this is a political area or an advocacy area that we can that there's already a model that yeah. we are able to do it in education and get 2,000 computers out to homes, um, knowing the importance of seniors being able to communicate and get all of this advice that different doctors and so forth want to get to them. It's really important to get a computer into their home and to use the, whatever you call it, when something has been set. Um, for technical people to go out and help people get it set up in their home. We know at, I think, Pat, did you in, uh, attend the senior conference when they had the scene? In, at the end of April, there was a conference of about a thousand people on uh, the role and importance of seniors across the country. And they were asking people to be collaborative and to come up. And Best Buy was a presenter there. And Best Buy pre presented that they are training the geek squad to yeah. take four basic health assessments. I know a, a lot of uh, our friends are quite technologically savvy, but I know there are also a lot of seniors out there that are actually scared of technology right. as well. Yes. Uh, well, I, I, I can say from, uh, from my experience, Zoom is not an easy thing to figure out. Um, just in terms of trying to figure out how the meeting scheduling works and how the recordings work. Like it is not intuitive like, uh, like Gmail or Google Drive or something like that. <laughs> well, in that case, I got to say to all of us that are here, all nine of us, is it good for us? <laughs> Because, yes. You know, we're not Luddites uh, at, uh, at the beginning. I said, I'm an old guy. I'm 80 years old. And it's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to learn all this mm -hmm. stuff. I call it yeah. stuff. But, yeah. It is stuff. Um, I'm actually quite proud of my husband. He had a Zoom interview, well, a Zoom appointment with a doctor yesterday. Oh, yeah. And he navigated the whole thing and he was quite impressed. She could show him his x-rays and he could show her the problems he was having with his movement and yeah, it, it worked quite well. When it gets to all the things that, you know, you put your ear to the, phone, to the screen. <laughs> One thing we could do uh, in terms of, if you have interviews that you want to record with other people, um, we could schedule it through the Powered by Age account. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, when you're sending the invite between yourself and the person you're interviewing, also send the invite to Powered by Age, and then we can set up a room uh -huh. uh, on this account that'll manage all the recording. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Rather right. than rather than have you guys try to futz around with <laughs> video uploads and all that kind of stuff, we can probably uh, make it easier. Great. Yeah, I'm, I may be, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I may have to leave because my battery power is almost run out, so. 
something at 2.30, so I'm going to bag off and say and goodbye. That's what timer saying our time is up. So did any, <laughs> do we have any particular volunteers or people who have a story or a poem that you want to do next week? Well, I did have a couple of poems I was going to read today, so I can do them next time if you like. Okay. Yeah, so about five minutes. They're kind of related to quarantine, my experience of quarantine, so I think they're quite pertinent. And yeah. I'll bring my story, my uh, 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 blue, blue bonnets. Uh, yeah. Wild mm -hmm, and I must say, Neil, I finally finished reading your great tarot card mystery, and it's a great yarn. Say again? I just finished reading your great tarot card mystery that you sent oh, yeah, me, yeah. and it's a great yarn. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a book, I wrote a story, it's uh, 10,000 words, and it's called The Brighton Tarot Card Mystery, and, I, and, I, and because Leslie and I, uh, both uh, appreciate uh, England because I lived in Brighton for a while and uh, so I wrote this story and thank you Leslie mm -hmm. I'm really glad you enjoyed it mm -hmm. that was good Charlotte I can I can um, put you in touch or, or contact that uh, you know the volunteer grandparent person that would be wonderful if you want to interview her that would be uh, you know her being here I guess being on with us yes yeah Ago, but I'm really happy for the time we spent together and uh -huh. uh, the happier we'll, we'll be as we connect with each other and we reach out and connect other people, uh, giving them the, uh, if they send an email to, to Power of Age, a few people sent me people that wanted to get on and I sent them an email and added them to the phone number, but you could also feel free to invite oh, okay. them. Right.